podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Anfield app, Liverpool nil, Manchester United nil. Neil Atkinson with you. I've got Melissa Reddy, Ben Johnson and Rob Gutman talking about that game yesterday for about an hour or so, uh, working right the way through for you because... The game's come so thick and fast, Liverpool play Maribor in about 20 minutes. Uh, so we're going to talk about that uh, soon, but we're going to start off obviously talking about Manchester United versus Liverpool, well, the other way around, and that's one of the things why it's interesting, Rob. We had a chat on City Talk on Friday, and I mean, you thought that United would be more expansive. I think as mm. soon as the team sheet comes in, you see that he's playing two full-backs and Ashley Young. Yeah. I think that tells you a certain story about the way in which they intend to go about it. But I thought we, 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 we accepted that reality and dealt with it really quite well in terms of the fact that we weren't going to let anything cheap get away. Yes, I agree with all that. Yeah, the minute you saw that 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 team sheet, you could tell that Ashley Young was going to be played in that wide midfield role that I think like Rafa and Julio would put Risa in and occasionally ahead of the fullback, the double fullback strategy. Um, that was to aimed at negating Coutinho, wasn't it? Yeah, it was that side of the pitch. They seemed to work very, very hard at negating Coutinho and Salah's threat. And... It, I don't think Coutinho and Salah touched the ball a great deal in the first 15, but the, the two of them work it out. It's, it's very interesting reading back the reactions back to this game afterwards. Um, I think, I'd, I'd say the majority of the neutral and Manchester view is that we witnessed vintage Mourinho, which annoys the fuck out of me because how's it, it, it's vintage if you're an, under, an underdog and you go and do that. It is not, it is not a, it's not a big smart move when you're in the, you know, your team is brimming with confidence. It's toe-to-toe with a serious rival for the title. Needs to be looking at three points as a minimum expectation every single game. Uh, and you're playing Liverpool at the best possible time. They're not a wounded animal because they haven't lost, didn't lose the last two two games, but they're l- lacking in confidence and form. Um, uh, they're, they're two of our best players, are the latest back from international breaks in Firmino and Coutinho. Liverpool are, Liverpool are never there more for the taking at Anfield. Not that Liverpool are ever there for the taking at Anfield, but it's never more, the win's never more at United's back than it was before the start of play yesterday. And yet, he puts in the, the most tactically conservative performance going. It's not a two-legged affair in Europe. It's, it's, it's not one of those where the draw sets it up for them to just take the, the tie away from us at Old Trafford. I think it's a, a miserableist piece of uh, uh, <laughs> ta- tactical work by Mourinho. And any plaudits that, that have come his way are absolutely laughable. I think the thing that was my other note that sort of rhetoric how it was a masterclass, a tactical masterclass, is it's not. Because you've seen Sean Dyche turn up and do a tactical masterclass with yeah. a limited bunch of players and he's done it much better because A, they scored and B, they had a couple of chances. To and a exploit. lot more aggressive, a lot and, more ag- aggressive. And, and ambitious, yeah. Exactly, so it's not, it, it, it's A-louse in the extreme, but that's to be expected because that's what he does and there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. I don't, I don't have a moral view on it at all. I think that's important in that I think that, but what, what annoys me about the masterclass rhetoric is Emery Chan's got a tap in from four yards, mate. Yeah. Now, there's, and Liverpool have more than enough chances. I can believe, if it, that, I don't think the comparison to last year is quite valid in that this year, we did not spend a lot of time and have a lot of quality football in their box. Absolutely. And that, yeah. that's why, for me, you know, we're basically having a conversation about Liverpool's finishing again to a certain extent more than anything else. We we were there, Mel, in their box a lot of the time. That, the keeper makes, makes has to make a really good save from Matip, where Matip genuinely should score and should do better. Salah should then score. 
Chan, as I say, second half misses from four or five yards, were consistently around their penalty area, being about to make things happen one way or the other. There's some last ditch stuff from them. You know, none of this is is tactical masterclass stuff. This is just just getting on with it, really. And I'm fine with that. And I'm fine with that how it plays out. But that's the reality, not the idea. Like last year, most of the game took place in the middle third. That's not the case this year. Absolutely. If it is a tactical masterclass, you know, you completely deny or the attacking threats, and they didn't do that. They, as much as they try to even restrict Coutinho, the space for Coutinho, double up on Salah, those two players still had a lot of joy. Coutinho was still able to pick passes, still able to uh, break a few ankles with, you know, twist and turn. And um, Salah had a lot of joy. Ginny as well, um, well started very, very strongly. Um, and I think it was 11 shots inside the box from Liverpool. Uh, you know, there was Lovren's header as well, which he should have done better with if Salah leaves the ball for Coutinho after De Gea's brilliant save from Matip, then, you know, Coutinho scores from that position. So the way the game is, is t- spoken about, I think it's easy to just say Jose, or, you know, typical Jose, He's parked the bus. He's done brilliantly. He came for the draw. He got the draw. But that wasn't a defense. He wouldn't have been thrilled with that Mm. defensive performance from his side because that was the aim to completely stifle Liverpool. And they didn't. And you are right, Neil. It is a conversation about finishing again because there were more than enough chances to win the game. And, you know, De Gea... I think in this fixture more than any other continuously shows the value of having a world-class goalkeeper. And I think just once again yesterday, you look at all the money United have spent. And for me, if there's one player I take out of their team, you know, if you could have anyone, and I think most teams would say this, it's him. He is still, regardless of how much they pay, regardless of Pogba's commercial, um, you know, Pull and, and all that stuff. If I'm looking at that team, the the standout, the cream is him. It's De Gea. And again, yesterday, he is the difference. He's the best goalkeeper in the league by a distance, I think, yeah. John. I don't think it's, I don't, I, in, in the way in which there isn't really, there isn't a best centre forward in the league by a distance. I don't think there's a best attacking midfielder in the league by a distance. I think, you know, De Bruyne and Coutinho could have a long argument about that one. There isn't a best holding midfielder in the league by a distance, not least because everyone asks everyone to do different things. I don't think there's a best centre half in the league by a distance. You know, City's centre backs you can have conversations about. Chelsea play that three at the back. Luis looks good, but how good is he? But he is the best. He's in in his position. He is the best person at it by the greatest distance. I think in the country. Yeah, he's great. He's really good, and it's a shame that he he plays for them because he does your resume when he plays against you. And you, you know, there's rumours every year. Oh, he's going to Real Madrid. You're like, get in. <laughs> <laughs> and then it never happens. What's like, wrong oh. with Real Madrid? Why don't they just buy him? Just fucking just buy him, you bellends. <laughs> if, if only if only he was Spanish and had that extra bit of pull. Oh, exactly. oh yeah. <laughs> if only you were the richest club in the world with the most appeal. <laughs> fucking and some dough. And loads of well, sorry, yeah, yeah. And, a, and an area to improve. Uh, just it's mad. So, yeah, it's annoying. I, I've got, I was with a couple of uh, my United mates yesterday. They were in the away end. Uh, and they were really disappointed with how United played and how, how they were set up. They, they like what you were saying, Rob, they, they thought it's a good time to play Liverpool. It's a good time to, yeah. to, to show that we're actually, a, that they're a decent side. And they were frustrated in the extreme. 
that you just thought it was a waste of time. What's the point in, in, in going into this fixture to do this? We At least when you get the opportunity to try Because there were periods in the game where that, you know... Not, I, thought they, I thought they were having a little bit more of a go than last year. I thought they tried, but they were poor. Yeah, that's they what I really think, yeah. poor, but there was periods in the game where they had the ability to control a play. And then if, you, if you're them, you're, you're thinking, right, here's our 10 minutes now where we can build on this and put... Put some pressure on, and it just never it just never materialised. I thought they were really poor. I thought they were sloppy. Um, they were the, possibly the most defensively set up side to come to Liverpool this season. Um, and it, if I was them, I'd be I'd be I'd be annoyed at it because. But but then but then that's what he does. And and even with the conversation we were having with with the two lads yesterday was much of the season's been very similar. Just the quality of what you're playing against is different. So. You know, you, you play Swansea or whoever it is, you get more of the ball because they're not as good at keeping the ball as, say, Liverpool. So, although the balance is, is different in the game, the setup's not much different. They're just able to get further up the pitch because they can keep the ball better. They don't do much different. They're just playing against worse players so they get more chances, so they score some goals. They're ruthless at both ends of the pitch, which he's a mastermind at, at setting teams up to be like. But... Not it just sounds ridiculous. They're not a good side, and yet no, they're like no, that's, that's what annoys you. That, yeah. it, it's but it sounds stupid because they are because they've got well more points than themselves. Yeah, look, look, look at the points total. Know, How can you say they're not a good you're side? Arguing against like your, your rational brain against something. There's something lacking. There's something emotively lacking in the way they play football. It's too mechanic. I don't think I've seen uh, a United side carry less of a threat at Anfield ever than that. Okay, they have that one chance, but uh, you get your point. You know, you know sometimes you. You watch us play in a big game, you go after a while, no, yeah, well, obviously you do a lot. No, these are properly shit here. These yeah. are properly not good enough to put to, 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 be, to pose a major threat to us. That United team posed the least threat I've ever seen a United team pose at Anfield. I'm going to be hyperbolic about it, if that's the word. I, thought, I, I just don't think they were very good. And you know what? I don't think they've come on from last season a great deal. Yes, they've... Look, I may get to look stupid when they have another six four nils on the bounce, as they've had before that. As, as you said, there's not a lot of good numbers behind this argument. They are, in fact, they are, in fact shit. But, <laughs> but I can't... I, I don't know what to believe. The, the stats on my lying eyes, you know? It's... Uh, they, they were just very populist. But you know what? Let's give Liverpool some credit. I think, that's I the, I I think, I think the main that, thing to, yeah. I came away from is it was a salutary reminder that whatever level United are at... Liverpool are at that level too, and I don't think I don't think I'm talking shit in saying this. Yeah, we may have had some games where we where we look uh, absolutely continually error prone at the back. We look like we need to be more ruthless. Well, in both boxes, but I'm sorry, it just reminded me of last season. I thought I think I thought the same sort of juxtaposition between the teams was was there again. It was there to be seen. It's interesting the comments after the, after the game. Mourinho said, "Well, you know, which which he likes to do is that I wasn't the only one who was defensive. That you know." Almost like it wasn't fair because Liverpool just didn't edit, give us give us a couple of absolute you know golden chances one on one, which we expected. We planned that. Hang on, you've been doing this every week. What's yeah. the matter with you? Um, but that but his remarks were interesting when you think about them because was then that leads you to think well actually yeah Liverpool probably were a little bit more conservative in the use of the fullbacks. These the fullbacks weren't as uh, yeah. up the pitch. They defended really well. Both both of our fullbacks defended really well. Won the battles. Uh, and so that leads you to think, okay, well, what's going on the rest of the season? Why aren't we able to cl keep clean sheets every week? And is it about balance? Is it just balance? Is it because because in this game yesterday we know we've got to try and we know we've got to try and keep our shape a little bit more than we normally would because we're scared of being exploited on on the break. 
It's concentration. It's concentration and balance. I think. Mm-hmm. I think, and I think that that's there's a slight. If there's a slight flaw in the way we set up, it's it's around when we need to score a goal is how exposed we are and how how we're, how we're able to be exploited. I was just yeah going to say, in so much as we talk about how poor United were and how they didn't really do much, Liverpool actually didn't allow them the opportunities to. They pressed really well. Um, they were very aggressive. They the duels. Liverpool were much better in in so many of the duels, and I think it ended up being quite a good percentage that they won, like fifty four percent. Which you know, against quite a physical, uh, big, dominant United team who enjoy you know the fight for the second balls and stuff, uh, was very very pleasing. I thought. The midfield three, which Mourinho referenced afterwards as well. We spoke about balance there. It was perfect because you had Ginny looking to to drive through midfield, but then you had a very disciplined Emre and, and Hendo to make sure that if Liverpool lost the ball in that um, position, that you know they were in place. And Klopp's spoken about having protection for your own offensive moves and He's referenced before that that is an area where Liverpool have an issue with because when you're playing that way, when you are so much in control of the ball and all the creativity is coming from you, the initiative is coming from you, it does, in the flow of the game, you can get caught up in that too much and then want to do too much because you have all this to do. It's it's basically on you to, you know, to force this game. And they did very well not getting sucked into that. Um Early on, I thought actually um, Liverpool were were consuming United so much so that I remember looking up. Eight minutes hadn't been played yet, and Chris Smalling was saying to everyone, "Relax, calm down, breathe," because the crowd was going and Liverpool. You you could see United were were set up to be obstructive. Um, you could tell Liverpool wanted to get at them and. Every you know, there was this whole. It was emotional football, which is something you know Klopp spoken about before. Liverpool are at their best, I think, when they are playing that kind of football. the The only disappointment, big disappointment, was that this fixture came right after the international break, the early kickoff on the Saturday, because I think the but same lineups, um, Next week same same tactical plans from both teams yeah next week I think Liverpool would have been a lot a lot a lot better because the only what was missing was a little bit of um, sharpness and a little bit of incision but quicker thinking and quicker feet and I think that is obviously the fact you've just gone away played and you know the Brazilian lads the distance well, there to travel, Salah as well. Oh well, on that, Mel, I want to come back to you. I think that if, I think that explains the subs. There's yeah, a lot of people who got. I, mean, I read yeah. I had a text from yeah. Steve Armstrong after the match. Who said he liked me match review and he's really nice, Steve. And he said, you know, I think that's a pretty fair assessment of the game. But he said it, it's, it's in our end. We were watching the best players on the pitch go off. Yeah, and that was yeah, and you can see exactly you know if you, if you flip that scenario if we're if we're you know if we're what in the same thing we're going every sub we're thinking oh I'm glad he's gone off. Mm. Yeah. From their point, yeah, you know, yeah. that's what we're thinking. But yeah. 
I think that's the context of the manager. I'm sure he gets loads and loads of sports science information. He's got this game against Manabor on Tuesday. He's got Spurs next Sunday. He knows these lads have all just come back off flight mail. And yeah. he basically almost takes them off in terms of distance travel during international break. You get to see him do that in front of your very eyes. Yeah, it's that's the thing. I think when we're looking at... We're, and I've seen a lot of criticism over the substitutions and, and who he takes off, but we're analysing it solely on this game yeah. and what we want to happen in this game and what we think should happen in this game. He's taking into consideration what's come before this game, i.e. they've all gone away, come back, what condition they've come back in. It must have been really close as well for somebody like Coutinho, who's you know had a lot of minutes in his legs during this break had a very, very long flight and it is the early kickoff. You know, it's it's risks you take when you do this. And he also has to think about what's coming next. You've got a Champions League game and then you've got Spurs away as well. So he's got a bigger picture to deal with. And I think he tries to keep them on for as long as possible to give them the, you know, the biggest opportunity to do something. And then he's got to make changes that, the one thing I would say is I would have perhaps on the substitutions taken Firmino off earlier and actually brought Solanke on earlier because I think that just gives United a different kind of player to defend against. Again, I, think, I wonder if, Mel, I'll come back to you on that. I think that maybe in four weeks you might see that happen if storage is still frustrating. I think at the minute, from a dressing room point of view, from a, a everyone understanding what yeah, it is I'm doing yeah, point of yeah, view, yeah. a morale point of view even for storage as well, If in a, I think storage can accept not starting at home against Man United. If he's not first attacking sub, that I think that becomes a complicated conversation with him. But also, if your Solanke move doesn't work, there's a lot of other people in the squad who are maybe a bit, I'd have just brought the lad who's boss on. Yeah, yeah, I, I get I, what you're saying. I, I understand... I completely understand why he does what he does. Just like I said, for me personally, that would have been the one change because yeah. Solanke still offers you the the pressing, yeah, the, no, the harassing. Yeah. Um, but he gives United something else to think about because he's he he's good in the air. He's good with his feet. He'll he, great hold up play. Can I go back to you one good more movement. thing on the sub smell yeah. just before I bring the other two back in where they, they can talk about it as well. I can see Rob especially is itching. <laughs> but the other thing that strikes me is and it, it seems counterintuitive in a way but I'd have quite liked to have seen just five minutes with Coutinho and Sturridge both on the pitch at the same time. That was the other mm. thing that made me just maybe just just five, maybe move everything a little bit earlier so you just get five minutes with Coutinho and Sturridge both being on the pitch because you've seen it looked like the sort of game where we're not looking for a third, we're not going to get the room for a 40 yard through ball that anyone's running onto, yeah. but a little bit of five, five yard cleverness inside the penalty area. I was just thinking that could be quite nice as well. Yeah, that's a, that's another good shout, actually. I just, you, Mourinho spoke about the substitutions and stuff afterwards, and he said he expected club to make attacking changes earlier mm. and remove one of the midfielders and a lot of um i've seen actually a lot of comments saying liverpool should have gone for it i, th- I think even carragher said liverpool should have taken the risk if liverpool made that attacking change and went uber offensive and left themselves exposed and united nick that game there would be absolute murder today and then it would have been actually the Mourinho masterclass because it is mm. the it is the smash and grab, the you know largely undeserved and it, it would have it would have been oh cl- 
Klopp's stubborn. He doesn't <coughs> learn. Why do you uh, leave yeah. yourself you overexposed? Yeah. Also, Why do you leave over yourself overexposed in that game? And I thought it was so clever and pragmatic and probably surprising as well that when Mourinho makes his two changes, his two attacking changes, that we don't then say, okay, yeah, we're also going to do that. That we think to ourselves, let's be smart here. Because he does that and he said it afterwards, Mourinho. He makes those changes to force Liverpool to surrender one of their midfielders because they could not get a hold of the game because of Liverpool's midfield. And he was desperate for one of those midfielders to go off. So the fact that Liverpool didn't do it, I think, was pleasing. I, I, I think Klopp's view is a fourth, a fourth attacker as opposed to the three you have doesn't make you likely to score more, score the goal. Mm. Uh, for the reasons you've just outlined, as much as anything, you lose your dominance, you can push a fullback, there's many things you can do. The, the, I think the changes he makes are, are successful. Because I don't think we lose impetus. And I think Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, I don't know whether there's not been much talk about this, was fantastic when he came on. You know, it was a cameo again. It's not enough to judge positively, but we've judged him negatively on cameos. I thought he was fantastic. I thought he vindicated the substitution. Your point about the uh, Coutinho, Neil, um, I just think the the issue that whilst, you know, it sounds absolutely perfect logic uh i think he that was so preordained because continues the guy who's literally what less than 48 hours oh no he's and and, and to be honest i'd spent five to ten minutes saying continues goose deer he's absolutely and he's he's just and he's just being clattered by the way yeah at the point he comes off so i don't i i I just think he's the first anyway i actually thought it was quite smart by Klopp the way he staggered those three they didn't all come off together it was yeah, over, a se- yeah. over a series of a few minutes which allowed us to readjust without it suddenly becoming a um, a League Cup uh, front three I th- so I, th- I think he did it really really well uh, you know Mourinho expects us to open up I don't I don't know really what he I think what he I think what Mourinho is saying I thought I thought he exposed a degree of naivety in his planning to me to Mourinho what he's seen is Klopp, Klopp send Liverpool teams out against make mid-table and lower half of the table sides and make the fourth that, that add that fourth attacker later in the games yeah. well of course you're going to bloody do it against Burnley of course you can, th- you can throw caution to the wind against Newcastle because we've got nothing coming the other way you can afford to spend the last 10 minutes uh, get, making it the Alamo but he's not, he's not stupid. You're not going to do that against one of the top six, any of the top six. And it's not a conservative thing to do that. Um, it was just Mourinho trying to twist it around, goes, oh, we're all a bit cautious. I just, you know, I listened to all the interviews afterwards and Mourinho's words in isolation are quite reasonable, but no one ever takes him to task. No one ever goes, hang on, Jose, hang on a goddamn minute. In, in form terms, you're one miles better than these. Everyone was saying they were crap. Everyone was saying this is a shit, <laughs> this is a pretty poor Liverpool side. Well, it's good going forward, but it can't defend. It was there for the taking. And you've gone and put out the most defensive display that will be put by any side in Europe this weekend. What about that, Jose? What about that? <laughs> no fucker's going to do that. Wish someone would ask someone. I, I I actually, like I've got an, I have actually, I got an agenda? Yes, I've got an agenda. I actually think that he... Was uh, He said, or some of the questions put to him, I thought were quite strong. Your United side came here without any ambition. That was the question. Oh, was that? I missed yeah. that one. Must be on the so, <laughs> but I think, because he's so used to doing this, he knows, he knew how his team were going to play. 
And he knew the questions he'd get. And he knew the answers he was going to give well before the press conference started, well before the game started. So I I, I think the the frustration is obviously that you've seen Liverpool dominate. And and this fixture under Klopp, by the way, it's been the same so so much better than United and you still don't get the result the first game where Wayne Rooney scores on 78 minutes after they've done nothing you know to to win the game and De Gea has an absolute stormer at the other end of the pitch and I I think it's just because it's this fixture it's the same again you you dominate but you don't beat them in the league and then added on to the fact that you know from the last international break it's it's been that Liverpool the better team but not winning and so I think they'll we'll look at the game and and find reasons for what we could have done or should have done or how else to win their game but Liverpool do everything they should do yesterday but score I thought everything else I thought the way they protected or didn't allow United any chance on the counter I thought the way they fought for space and created so much even though it was such a disobliging United side. I, I thought everything was was there was spot on, just apart from the finish. On that, the, I put in my match review that, and I think that this is the, the the way in which the manager's thinking about it. And I think, I think you can. Uh, I'll, well, I'll come on to the extension of it in a minute, Ben. But my thing on it is Liverpool were always more likely, the much more likely side to win the game. Mm. And I think that that's, if if you bear that in mind, that's every, and in fact, the only side likely to win the game. In fact, it's not, it, you know, it's not, this isn't, this didn't really feel, it doesn't feel like this is 55-45. It, it sat at sort of 80-20. And it was as though the manager was thinking, well, well, we're just much more likely to win it than these because they can't get at us. They're chosen not to, but also the way we're playing means they just can't get at us. So if anyone's going to win, it's going to be us. Unless they get a Phil Jagielka like 35-yard from the yeah. or something from somewhere. That, it didn't look like there was any other pathway for them. And I think that if you know if you view the changes in that context, that he's not trying to make it more likely that we score, but he's trying to he's trying to ensure that we remain as likely as possible to be the only side that can win the game. Mm-hmm. Then the changes make make absolute sense, yeah. and, and 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 they're actually really hard to disagree with because not just as he conscious of the next two games with people's fitness and things like that, but he also knows there's thirty league games to go after this one. But that this club probably would struggle to come to bounce back again from uh, a, sna- a, a a smashing grab defeat. That that he's got to think about all of that sort of stuff, and he knows what moods are like in dressing rooms and in the wider sort of body politic of Liverpool. I, I think it, I think this changes. It's an interesting conversation, and it is it is brinksmanship between between the managers at, at that level of football. You're waiting on what are you going to do? What and they you almost looking at each other, going, "Go on, you make yours first, and then we'll make ours or whatever." And it's interesting that. Mourinho ends up trying to force Klopp's hands and we do nothing. It's a good point you made, Mel, because sometimes it's easy to respond. You know, someone makes a move, it's easy to respond, but I like, for, you know, for the change yourself to go, you know, to try and take the initiative. When actually you're better off doing nothing to see if what your, your plan is now works when you're faced with something slightly different. I think, I think the other thing to note is, all right, we, we, we want to carry on being in a position to win the match. But in order to do that, our wide players have, have got to still work really hard. So he puts mm. Firmino out there to to cre- create the the ability to contain them. As, you know, even though it's high up the pitch, you, your wide forwards are doing a lot of the defensive work. I think in that shape. And so if you if you take if you take one of them off and you put 
you know, it's understandable that he put Firmino on the left and Sturridge in the middle because he knows he's not going to get that much. He, he, work, he works Sturridge, but... It's not the not, same. It's not the same. So he puts Solanke sort of leftish because he knows he's going to graft and he puts Oxley Chamberlain on right and he knows he's going to graft. And so we, the balance is kept of our side. I think the, dis- I think the other thing he's thinking on that, just sorry to interrupt, but I think the other thing he is thinking when he brings Oxley Chamberlain on right and ends up with Solanke left is with, a, with just a tiny little bit lopsided because he's conscious after United make their changes Listen, Rashford is a bit more of a threat than, yeah. than, than, than Ashley Young. At this stage, Rashford's yeah. a bit more of a threat than Ashley Young. So I'll, 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 I thought we, that was the point where we became a little bit more... It wouldn't surprise me if someone had a little com- conversation with Oxlade Chamberlain and said, remember, you've got a right back behind you yeah. who needs some help. And whereas I do think that on the other side, there is a bit of a mentality of, well, yeah, Valencia is decent and Ashley Young's all right. But listen, we're probably going to be. We, 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 that's why Solanke, I think, very much ends up over there. It's not just. It's not just accidents. Yeah, I think the. I think the other. That's a good point. But I think the other thing to note as well is if you're Klopp and if, you, if, if you're putting Daniel Sturridge into that game with ten minutes to go after after an international weekend when the team you're playing, everyone's been away, they're all tired, everyone's tired. You're bringing someone on fresh. I'd like to see more of an impact from that player if he's if he's your first attack and change. I really like Sturridge, but I thought you may as well not bother bringing him on yesterday because he 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 just couldn't get in it at all. He just I think it's so it. hard for him because he doesn't have the rhythm. He just doesn't, and it's so hard to give it to him because he, he's struggling for rhythm. The team need the wins. If you're giving him those minutes and he struggles, you know, and you're not getting the same sort of pressing and stuff, it's it's a difficult conundrum because you do want Daniel Sturridge mm. at his at his sharpest at his most confident but I, I don't know how you do that without starting him regularly I, and we're uh, not in the position actually to start him regularly at the I moment think, I think Newcastle kills him the Newcastle game because he, he, the point for me the point of Sturridge is if you give him a chance he scores that's the point of him you know that's 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 what he's there on you know as a I would Argued the toss for Sturridge all day long because in my head, if he gets on the pitch, if, if you give him some of them chances that we've been other other players in our team have been missing, then he will score. The one he has against Newcastle got to go in, and it doesn't. And that for me is 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 the issue as to why you can't rely on him to play because if he's not if he's not bringing all of the other stuff that you want your centre forward to do, not bringing all the stuff that for me no does okay, that's fine. But when he gets a chance, he got to score. Do you know he's reminding me of Ben? It's late period, Daniel Agger in particular. He's he's found a way of not being injured one in every two weeks, and it's by it's by playing within his body. I, I might be totally wrong, That's but, looks but like that, it looks it? like that. It feels like that, and if it looks like it, it feels like it, it probably is. We we are getting very close to the point where we ju- where we just have to start I enjoying fond memory. I think and, the, I think the marker on that one is is the preseason by Munichal. I think that still remains like when he absolutely when he ran away from people, yeah. he's running away from people, yeah. and then in the act, the very he's run away from them. It's a lovely finish, and in the very act of scoring it, and I don't think you've seen him, uh, you know, I, I don't think you've seen him run like that since uh, when he's been coming back in. And I think, and that's what makes you think he's thinking, I can't quite go that. I don't want to quite go to that little bit when you've got. We've all, li- I think, all of us literally around this table have at some point sprinted, and therefore know that when you <laughs> at sprint, some point. at some point, but a long time, <laughs> have at some point sprinted, and you know when you sprint, you, you do that thing with your body where you go from your body being able to run quite comfortably to your body suddenly going. This this is sprinting now, mate. The bits of me are in the red, <laughs> <laughs> and I think, and I no, 
but I think Sturridge is basically saying, I'm, I'm going to do all my footy and, and bits of me are never going to be in the red mm, because it's, exactly. I'm worried that as soon as I, as soon as I go there, I've, I've now got a very recent memory. And it's interesting in the context of that, how well he plays when he comes on against Leicester because he's just doing loads of clever things, shielding mm. the ball and being, it's very, yeah. he comes on and he's, it's a great substitute appearance. No pressure. It's all, but it's, I think there's tons of pressure. I thought he was Not to score, not to score. Not to score, but also to use his brain. He's just yeah. using, he comes on and all he does is basically say, I'm the, I'm the best footballer on the pitch and the smartest footballer on the pitch. Watch me go, boys. Yeah. Whereas when it becomes anything else, I think that's where he is. He is still finding it for whatever reason a bit tricky. I, I think, look, at the end of the day, it's not about, it's not the Daniel Sturridge show and I'm a massive fan of Daniel Sturridge. Liverpool, Liverpool have to prevail. They have to have a striker who comes off champing at the bit. Oxlade-Chamberlain does what an impact sub should do yesterday. He comes up, he's on fire. Daniel isn't. He isn't when he gets his chance last week. We're too big. We're too good for this now. I, I, I hate to feel like I, I'm saying I'm the guy who's now crossed the line on Daniel Sturridge, but I feel like I am, apart from the fact that we don't actually have any alternatives because Dominic Solanke is still a work in progress. I kind of agree with Mel. It might have been interesting to see what he could have done on his own with other the other best players around him. But still, I would say if if this is the pattern by the time we get to uh, to January 1, I want, a, I want a striker in January. I just do. One that we will use off the bench, maybe take Firmino's place, but I do want a striker because we are lacking with, with a goal scorer off the bench. All threat. the best. Well, yeah, I know. All the best. But the, it, it, it would be interesting to see what the story is on, on Tuesday. Is it Tuesday we play Madibor? Yeah. yeah. That, that, I start. I start storage. That's the thing. That's sitting here now, looking at it. You think, right? Start storage. Dress for me. No, that's what I'm doing. I'm not even taking for me. No, I don't think I'm leaving him with his feet up, waiting for Sunday uh, or Saturday or whenever we play Tottenham. Sunday. But then, what? What you get out of storage on on Tuesday? And I think that's gonna. I think it's almost gonna be pivotal into what we get out of him this season. If he goes there and scores and plays well, then you think, yeah, okay, we can back him again. If we can find a way to make it work, because. We're playing against the team. I don't know nothing about them, but I can't imagine that any goes. You know, that's what you know. That might be absolutely by whatever. But it is what if he, beat them if right, he fancies he? himself as one of the best players, one of the best centre forwards in the league, should be playing in Liverpool's team. Okay, here's your chance. Go and beat these team at you know fellas who, who get in the second division in our league or whatever. I don't know. I don't know how good they are. How good are they? Might be great. I don't know. Might be talking absolutely shite now. It wouldn't be beyond the realms of possibility. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be the first time either well, they, they've, quali- they've, they've qualified be the last- they've qualified yeah. so they probably shit Premier League level that, but, so you, we're going to go there expect to have all the ball and control the game I think it's the perfect opportunity opportunity for them to show what he can do um, but I think it might be it might almost be a market for what you can expect from them this season I think it's important to play him I want to just uh, in the context of what I just said all the best to Rob there I have a thing that the manager Mel he has a Somewhere on the line, I think he sort of has a covenant with his players every twelve months. That almost, if you're putting it in for me, I'm, this is this is what I'll do for you. And I think that's why, for instance, I think it's one of the reasons he is, for instance, reluctant to make signings in January. Is we're, I'm building a team spirit here. I'm building a unit. We're all in this together, lads. The idea that I've decided that one of you is too crap, and I've got to go and buy someone else. Clangs. I expect to see Liverpool get after Van Dijk in, in January because it couldn't be clearer to that squad that Liverpool were desperate for Virgil Van Dijk. Yeah. But that that aside, I think. You know, he'll have the idea of he's, he's he's had the open, the conversation, the blah, blah, blah with everyone. And one of the things is it's difficult for him if Sturridge is putting it in in training, and he almost certainly will be, otherwise he wouldn't be coming off first sub and all that sort of stuff. So he's just got- on just on that point, if you speak to people like the players and, and coaching staff, they tell you Sturridge in training, like in those small-sided games, his touch, his sharpness, the 
the intelligence, everything is, it's why you continuously live in this cycle of hope that it is going to click for him. And that's why I say the, the difficult difficulty for him is he's not, he, j- he just doesn't have the rhythm. He's not playing regularly enough mm. to, to be in his groove. Um, Did you start and, him and on Tuesday then? I would, yeah. I would in the context of everything else that's going on, the fact that you've just played United off the international break. You've got Tottenham to come, which is a, a taxing game. Huge. Yeah, very, very... It's going to... It's, it's very take, physical. There's yeah. a big gap, you know, that's important to note between Maribor and Tottenham. It's a five-day gap. It's like a Monday, Saturday, if you think about it. In other words, it's like a full week, kind of. Uh, although it's about what has just come as well and the fact mm. that you're star players. So you don't have Mane. And we haven't actually spoken about that going into this. You know, that was another thing United had in their favour. The fact that a game changer was absent for Liverpool. Um, I don't think Pogba gives them more than Herrera, say, does he? In that context. Was, no, if I they're going to play like that, it might be. It might be the way if Mourinho was sitting here, he might actually say, "Well, if yeah. I'd have had Pogba, I might, I might have addressed it a little nah, bit differently." Of course, you'll say that. Of course, you'd say he that. Not done. He's no, about no. some Bruno Neves and elbowing people. <laughs> exactly. But, Sorry, Will. Yeah, I think the fact that Coutinho's and even actually before going um, away on international football, Coutinho started was the only player to have started like five games in a row. So he's with that Mane injury with Lilana out. You. Cannot afford a Salah or a Coutinho or even a Firmino because you're in quite dangerous territory there for the way Liverpool want to play if, if any of those players are out. And so as much as I think it's so important for Liverpool to get a big win and I want to see Coutinho play every game just because I think creati- you know, creatively and he's got the best vision in the team obviously we all know that he's the one that that can unlock defenses and stuff I'm not playing him <laughs> against Maribor and I'd play Sturridge I'd play Oxlade Chamberlain I'd probably even look to maybe use the diamond I think Sturridge perhaps would benefit from a yeah, partner definitely. up front I think that would work more to his favor especially you know considering the the lack of rhythm issue and all that and it would allow him to drop deeper, which he likes to do, you know, get on the ball more, spray some passes. Um, so I, I'd like... What do you think the chances of that happening, Mel, are in, in terms of, in terms of the, how many times we've seen Klopp play the diamonds? Man United away last year. Including the players at West Ham, plays it against Middlesbrough. Doesn't do it often, no, does he? No, I, I mean, I'd, I'd, I, I, I'm with Mel, and that I, I, I would do, I would do it. I'd, I'd have no problem I'd play playing storage and Solanke. I was going to say, I'd, I'd, I'd go storage and Solanke, mm. do something in behind. Not quite sure what. I do think, I mean, I'm, I'm getting boring, but I do, don't. I think this Liverpool side would love some Adam Lallana. Um, but you know, what's I, the sketch there? I mean, I, it's, it's gone very quiet from him being back in training, Mel. I'm just, I, you're the person who, who might know. No, it was always. The idea was always mid-November. If you went everything. to Qatar last week, didn't you, for some extra medicine? Yeah, no, they. <laughs> Which always worries me. No, it's like we're like no, my no. got sent him to for wolf's blood injections. <laughs> um, Klopp has the idea that when you're in a long rehabilitation period, it can all feel quite samey, samey, mm. and it's. 
it's tough when you're a key player and you're out because you know you do think all the time about how you could be influencing things and when your routine is the same i think it it adds to the deflation of everything. So, so just see Richard Keys. Yeah, Sta- <laughs> Sturridge, um, we know, did like rehab in LA. Uh, we've seen Jordan Anderson go to Miami, Lalana as well, um, go to Miami. Did so you know it's what nothing. It means, it, never, it means that they're not about to come back in two weeks' time, is what it no, means. No, well, Mel, yeah. I mean, Mel said no, that. I think, I I think it's saying that, yeah. It, all the way through, it's been mid November. Yeah, it's a, it's a refresher on. It's just change of scenery. Yeah, it's change of scenery. It also makes you feel like you're in a different... Because if you're in the same place, even if you're stepping up your recovery, and but everything else is the same, it might not feel to you as big a mm. step mm. than if you're doing it somewhere else. Now you feel like, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, and in a different... And you come back route. and you've got another goal on the, you know, say, okay, now we're back here, we're setting yeah. it up again, you're going to run on the pier, whatever it is. For, It'd be such a lift to get I've not, back I've now, not heard... Anything to suggest that there's been setbacks? All the everything we've heard so far is that he's on course with okay. his with his recovery. Uh, Klein, I think, had a little bit of a, a setback, but he should be on the way again soon. By the way, Joe Gomez. Oh, what a performance! What yeah, a yeah, performance! Yeah, yeah. Really, good. really smart play from him. You're waiting for that Rick, weren't you, late on? And it never came. He stayed focused to the very end. He was really, really good. I thought both fullbacks were I outstanding. Thought both, I, I, thought I, was I, I want to meet Ben Johnson so about Moreno in a minute, but I want to come back. To, uh, <laughs> I want to come back. I want to talk about Joe Gomez for a minute, Rob, because okay. one of the ways in which he is excellent is he actually plays against three different opponents across the course of the game. Actually, the yeah. young guys will go for a little period when sort of swapping sides, Martial and Rashford, and he sees them all off. And considering their instruction in an attacking sense is basically get the better of him because it's the idea Mourinho was just thinking, if we, and rightly so, and so the player, I'd be, I'd be exactly the same. Get this lad one-on-one, beat him, and then we could be in behind and then we go from there. And they never get a tiny little bit of change out of him. As, as I was, I, I'll talk about Moreno differently, but I think in terms of 90 minutes of sheer concentration, adapting your mindset, dealing with different challenges, refreshing, taking a deep breath, I think it's a really, really impressive performance against good players. Yeah, it was a it was a really impressive. I think it's it's another case of it's 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 shit or bust. Really, you're 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 deep ended. You're playing against a big team on form, Joe. You've made mistakes. You've got to stand up and be counted, or or this could be one of your last appearances, quite frankly. And I think it showed. I think it showed. You know, boy becoming a man. He stepped up. All the cliches about. I think it helped him that his brief was simple this time. It wasn't use most opportunities you can to bomb on, try and get beyond your, your winger and whip the odd cross in. Moreno got that. In a way, at times, we were almost like a three, although I noticed Henderson seemed to be briefed a lot to cover the left-back position behind Moreno, which I thought was very, very bright, which enabled Chan to shuttle across. It was really... not That hasn't been talked about a lot, how smart we were tactically, defensively, I think, in that game. But I think it helped Gomez enormously, that. There was also that. The other thing that struck me on the Henderson thing is something we talked about on a few review shows on tour player is, when Han- rather than split the centre halves and go through the middle what Henderson's actually doing is offering a diagonal ball forwards to him where he can either feed left or he can play he's got the option of trying to play a big ball right and it wasn't yes. on a lot of the time because the way they lined up with effectively sort of just 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 sitting right in there conscious of Salah but it's a bit different to I'm in the middle of the pitch and, and need me options it was instead right you can just sort of see a lot more of this spread of the pitch over yeah. here and that helps you sort of begin to start what we're doing and we haven't been doing much of that Moreno he was great. He was excellent. He was really good. He was. Um, he won all. He won, They tried to exploit him in the air. Um, and he won. He won 
Could he afford Edison the first 10 minutes? But you got look, contact every the time, didn't on you? Ashley yeah. Young's uh, follow-up from yeah, was, Lukaku's shot as well. He, they were, you know, we spoke about concentration and stuff, but they, Liverpool were just really, really up for it. And, you know, earlier I said, I always hate when I see these fixtures, these kind of fixtures as the first one after the international break, because I know you're never going to get the sort of level you're looking for from your players. Even despite that, I thought Liverpool were were genuinely up for it, aggressive. They they were in the mix of everything. There wasn't a physical battle they didn't want to be a part of. There wasn't. They didn't allow the doubling ha- up to happen without cover. There every area they were they were very smart in, and I. It wasn't a passive Liverpool yesterday, and. You know, Mourinho spoke about them being very good defensively and he was sort of suggesting that they weren't that great offensively. But considering the the restrictions they had by their opponents, I thought even that aspect was so good. All, all that was missing was that decisive temps in in the final third and a few better decisions as a time when Genie takes a shot, when Firmino's created a world of space for himself and is in a very good position to shoot um, and a much better position than Genie. Because you you also have to think to yourself, like we've said, you're playing against the best keeper in the league by a distance. And in my opinion, probably the best in the world, or if not that, with his feet, probably the best in the world, definitely. Um, and reflex-wise and stuff. So it's going to take something special to get the better of him. And so... Just a little bit better decision making in those periods, like we say, you know, obviously it's difficult for Salah to know that he should leave that ball because Coutinho's gonna Coutinho's got a better chance of getting it because in that moment he's thinking, Oh my gosh, it's come to me in that split and second plus, they swing and plus it. He, yeah. shields, he still should score. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the hardest thing to do against a team that, that wants to be that compact and prepared to go that low is to get in behind them. And let's just forget about the chances. Even we get in behind them a lot. Yeah. I mean, there's there's one little move in this in the second half which doesn't it doesn't even warrant. So I, I think a match of the day replay thing where Salah we almost repeat the Leicester goal. Uh, well, Salah nearly nods one in on yeah, the, the far f- post. That's, that's, so that's, that's a useful piece of football. Whole interplay. It is until the fact that Firmino just ever so slightly overhits that ball. That's yes. one of the yeah. I, was, I, I referred yes. to. That was Liverpool. What Liverpool actually did was they had lots of more than they're give, being given credit for in general more good chances for chances yeah, we, had one in the, we had one in the first half of Coutinho open space up for himself and as a one-on-one with uh, I think it's Herrera yes, it Herrera yeah, yeah. Herrera just gets a half a touch on the ball whereas normally that, that doesn't get seen as a chance a fresher Coutinho right, low, roast it's him. a goal yeah. that, but that's not seen as a chance because it wasn't yeah. but it's a, it's a, I know what you're saying it's a, it's a moment in a match where you would expect us to score, and well, it doesn't even it doesn't even class as a shot because he didn't get one off. Coutinho thre- in second half threads Firmino through, and he's he's half a yard offside. But you think fucking hell, they were that that, would, that wasn't planned. That, I know that I know that you can always give credit to the defense for doing that, but that showed a moment they were living on their nerves at that mm. stage I of think the game. The interesting point about Moreno, um, and it, with the other players being away, you know. Yeah. Will he benefit from the? Will it? Will he be receiving more intensive training in terms of concentration, positioning, because more like sort of one on one? Okay, what's this week? What's your project Albi Moreno week? We're going to try and convince him how to defend and how to stay switched on. But I wonder if there's any value in 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 that at all, really. In, in terms of yeah, I'm sure there is. 
it's great exposure yeah. to to what you should be doing, which is which is obviously quite helpful. And I think you know, I've seen, I think people in general, if you've got a perception of a player or if you feel strongly about someone, you find it so so difficult to change. And I've seen a lot of people say, I don't understand why Andy Robertson's not starting more. And he's done well when he's played, but Moreno's been really, really good. And I think it's so unfair to him that he's, you know, yeah. there's still those kind of conversations because he's earned the right to start and the right to start often. And I think it's only good for that position that, the fact that, you know, when Robertson does play, he's also really yeah. good because it means you're just going to get the best out of both of them. And in these periods, there was a, there was a time where we had five games in quick succession just a few weeks ago. And Robertson started two of three games in a week and Moreno started the third. And it allows you to do that when you've created this, that healthy competition and you've got both players basically playing at their optimum and you you know you know that for those two games we're actually not going to be found wanting in that position because Robertson can step in and then when Moreno comes back in it's still solid enough for me he's think, found his timing Ben you know you, 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 you there's a, a Chattakli makes late in the game down by down by our corner flag, where Eve absolutely empties every, everyone. Yeah. And you think, geez, a year ago, that's just, her. he gets, either he gets roasted, he lands on his ass, or but his timing's in on it. Like when he makes the block from Asher Young first, or all, all the time, he gets, his decision-making's right. I, th I, th I think that, it's, I mean, because I, I, I'm probably, I've been a real, like, really big critic of Moreno, mainly because, I think, I think historically, he's, he's played like a football without a brain. Yeah. You know, he's like makes mad decisions, and you think, "What are you doing?" And I think it's, I yeah, the point you made. It's really difficult for people to accept that somebody can improve and be and justify. So you, you're always watching them with it, with, you know, your own bias, basically, your own confirmation. Mm -hmm. You confirm your own bias. You wait, you you, wait you tend to yeah, and you actually often find yourself tending to ignore all the good, and you'll find the one, the two, one three. So it is it is a normal behavior, but I think we have to give him credit. Just like, you know, Joe Gomez has had a difficult period as well. But yesterday, and I think again, when, when we talk about these plays, you know, like we're talking about Sturridge and you have to be conscious of the fact that he's lacking rhythm. He's not playing mm -hmm. regularly. With Joe Gomez, we have to be conscious of the fact that he's had two major injuries and he's coming back and he's still, you know, finding his feet, finding his sharpness, find, and the more he's been playing, the more that's coming to him. And yesterday was a very clever performance from him. I thought both offensively um, and defensively, that ball that he puts in for Emery as well, such a clever mm. ball in that situation. So I think Chris, criticism is obviously justifiable and players should get it when they deserve it. But I think we should also then give them credit when you do see them step up and, and change and learn and improve. Because, you know, Rob and, and Ben, like you guys are saying, the issue was his he was rash. I think that's the word. There was more rashness than anything else. And I think with maturity and with the, with the situation he's found himself in last season, having James Milner ahead of him and, you know, Bay, 
basically being no man. He was hardly, hardly, hardly ever looked at. And then to still come back from that and think, hang on, they're going to buy another left back, but I'm still here. I'm, I'm still here to fight. And then taking everything that he's supposed to learn on board and improving, I think we should give him credit for that. Can I talk about Jordan Henderson? Um, yes. Because, well, <laughs> this is... Jordan and not, not a lot of... That was a nice question, wasn't it? Well, yeah. kind of um, answer as well. I think we all, think we all came out... There's no other way of sidling into angle. it other than... No one, no, one was, no one really wanted to talk about Jordan Henderson after the game. And I'm not... I'm not uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not in, his, in his fan club or, or, or the people wanting to put him down and say he's not worthy of this, that or the other. I'm, I'm sceptical enough where he's concerned and I've, and I've worried that he might not be the player he was on the tra- trajectory to become since his injuries. But... But yesterday, I thought that was as complete a 90-minute performance as I've seen from Jordan Henderson. He's, he's, he's had some good games this season. He's had some games where he's frustrated a bit. Um, and generally, I think, you know, the argument that he can't come back and be a hugely effective midfield player is over. He clearly is. But I thought he was very, very much back to being the all-action, 90-minute, hugely energetic footballer that we saw at the end of 13-14 uh, it was one of the most... Inc- I mean, I, I don't know what... Maybe I'm seeing something other people weren't. I saw him trying to close down De Gea in the 86th minute and I thought, fuck me, that's a sign of something yeah. that... Um, you know, that's not a player protecting his body anymore. That's not that's not a player who's worried about anything. He's... He, 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 it was, do you know what he reminds me, obviously? Javier Mascarano, without quite quite the bite. But, but the general, the movement, the energy, the closing down of space, it was fantastic. Did you play him on Tuesday? Well, um, no, no, no. I want to talk to all of you about this. This right? <laughs> <laughs> that, you're not allowed that one. You're not politely either. Maybe, then, that's maybe. Politely. <laughs> that's can, can we talk about Tuesday, Neil? We can talk about Tuesday, but what I want to talk about is <laughs> I, 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 I want to. <laughs> I want to talk about. I want to talk about. We've just got a clean sheet with this back five, and I'm mildly concerned. The manager has made a little bit of a rod for his own back because I would quite like to just simply play the same back five. And I know it's Tuesday, and we're going to talk about. We've talked already about some rotation in attacking positions, but there's something in my head where I'd like to see Liverpool go with the same goalkeeper, the same back four. I'd consider the same. I consider Henderson as well. Full stop. And I've sorted the idea of these six are playing. I'm going to change the five in front of them because I, and I don't think it'll happen and I understand why, but Mel, this is where sometimes you can make a decision as a manager and, the, and you can think you're making a season long decision. And this is back to the thing I said before about Klopp and the idea that he's got a covenant with his players at times. But right now I'd just quite like to build on this clean sheet. I quite like the, that unit to get another go at being that unit. And I'd be looking at the fact that it's likely to be a quiet game for them. I know that there's question marks around Matip and Lovren in terms of injury and all that sort of stuff. But I just think you're playing, this is where the Saturday, Tuesday, Sunday thing comes into effect. And I'd almost rather go, right, these next three, they've just got that clean sheet. Let's give them two more games and let's see what happens. Yeah. I I don't think, I don't think he will do that. If, That's what I'd like to do. If there's a, any area of the pitch where he... That's most likely that he wouldn't make a change. As in, I think he definitely has to refresh the forwards just because of how much is demanded of yep. them when they've got to take the initiative in all these games and he will change the midfield as well. I think there's scope for him not to change the defence because it's it won't be as taxing for them this game. I think the issue then though is that Saturday will be a very difficult game. Another game where you've got to protect your own offensive movements where you've 
got to go and try and be dominant against a team that also wants to be dominant. Um, and it's then a case of would would they be able to do it then again after having played in Maribor? It's a big I, gap I, I between games there. And there's a full week off after Tottenham. But, but my thing on this, Mel, I'll go to everyone, is he can't, he's, he's put himself in a bind with the goalkeeper. But I want that. Oh, u- I want oh, the unit. Yeah, yeah. He's put himself in a bind with the goalkeeper. He said the goal that goalkeeper is going to play all the Champions League games. So he's now in a bind. He's in a bind with the goalkeeper going both ways. One way is that now because we've gone out the League Cup, he can't give Danny Ward a game before Christmas. If the theory is I want to keep everybody busy and blah blah blah. Going the other way, he's now in a position where he can't think. You know what? Let's let's create the idea that there's a back five. The goalkeeper's one of that back five. They're all in this together. Instead, he's he's pretty much obliged himself to go and sit and lay down. Yeah. In saying that, though, I know I can I can understand, and I'd I'd like to see the same uh, backline because of what you're saying. It gives you something to build on. They'd all be they all feel quite proud of of themselves after that performance against United. But at the same time, I think it's so important that Liverpool get carriers back to the carriers they bought from Mines. The back to the carriers of before the hand. Um, the broken bone in his hand from preseason last year because we need more strength in that position. And at the moment, the we've got three players there. He's not going to bring in another goalkeeper in January. He's got three players there, two of which, you know, are closer, I think, than Danny Ward is for battling for that position. And I think it's important Carrius plays because he needs to get rhythm as well. I know we think of a goalkeeper differently because you assume it's much easier to play in goal than it is to, you know, play as a striker where you do need rhythm, but the ability to judge the speed of balls coming at you and stuff, it's different in training. It's different when, you know, John Achterberg is kicking balls at you and Simon Mignolet is kicking balls at you and you're playing in those small-sided games of training than it is when, you know, somebody's having a flyer from 25 yards or there's a free kick coming in at you. And similarly, like I said before, when we've changed it, you know, when you've got Robertson coming in and he's doing a good job, that's important. That's important for the team. It's important for, like you say, Neil, he's got to think, you know, longer term. So well, if he cha- if he refreshes the fullbacks, we know he's going to change the goalkeeper, which I think you need to give Carrius the chance to come good. Um, <laughs> I, I quite like him to save something. Just like it'd be really good if he made a save. Carrius. Yeah. It's a good save from Mignolet yesterday. It's a really good save from Mignolet. Um, in your, on your point on the keeping up the, the unit, I think it's important to keep Lovren and, and Matip. Mm. I think, I think that's I think. important. I, I, if if, if Carrius comes in I think it makes it slightly more likely that he keeps a solid four in front of him you know what I mean I mean I think the keeper comes in the guy, I think the keeper comes in because he wants the keeper to to play because he, and, and it'd be and it, it would I'm not being flippant in that like it would be good if he made a save at some points because <laughs> for his confidence he probably needs to make a save because at the minute just being, when he plays the ball just going in the net he goes oh you know, there it is again another <laughs> goal um, so it would be good for him to make a save in the same way it's good that Mignolet made the save yesterday because he comes out the game then thinking well I've contributed to this no, so he's no. only touching the entire game virtually exactly. isn't it but normally the last touch. few weeks the, the only touch is being getting the ball up the net the one against Newcastle I didn't even have a shot and it went in uh, you know so you're in that if you're if you're that player 
that's gonna get you know it's gonna do your head in. Carrius was he a fault in the last game for the free kick? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I think you should save it, but you know, it just be good. I think it's good for the confidence. If, if he's going to be any good, he's got to start playing. If he's going to play, he's got to make saves. Otherwise, there's no point playing him. Um, and we need to know if he's any good or not. Because if he's not, we need to buy. I mean, I'd buy one anyway, but that's a separate matter. Um, but I think it's important to. But keep would the, you keep the same back four then? I don't think the fullbacks are as big an issue. I think this. I think the two centre halves. The two centre halves. I wouldn't one, change and the same. Oh, well, I'd apart same from depending on condition wise, I think that's the only. Matip's been pretty solid this season in terms of appearances. It's yeah. He's the international break. He doesn't go away, does he, Matip? No. So he doesn't go away. Moreno doesn't go away. Lovren gets a game, I think. Lovren's even played always. He he, right, uh, so he was kind of moaning that he has Achilles injuries and all this, that, the other, and then um, so he stayed. And now, he, well, there, there you go. So, so so hardly anyone's had a kick on, on international duty. They've got five days for to, to recovery for Tottenham, and then there's a full week after that. I think if you've got a new keeper in, it's a, a really strong case. And I think the manager might see it this way in the year. I think you might get your wish, of, of, and I want it too, of four in front. Much as it would be, you, know, you wouldn't blame him for throwing Robertson in, saying give Moreno a break. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's little things like that. That back four unity is important. One of the spaces between, we, we say Matip and Lovren, but just as important as the space between Matip and Gomez and then being used to the, how that space moves throughout a game. So I'd like to see him. Certainly with one eye on Spurs as well. With one eye on Spurs. If it was exactly. Huddersfield next and then Spurs, and, and there was a week between, yeah. you could come to quite different conclusions possibly. But I like the idea of there's these three games and then it could be different against Huddersfield. Then you could decide, I'm going to start, I'm actually going to start Robertson in this one. I'm going to have a little look at him for that. Uh, you know, and not just Robertson, I'm not just, uh, maybe at trends as well for Huddersfield at home mm. in that it's going to be intense the work hard the high tempo but we should have too much Yeah, uh, that's what I'd be you know that, that's what would be in my mind I just think that you know you've got these two games coming Ben you've got Maribor away you've got Spurs at home it'd be great to come out of them unbeaten it'd be even better to come out of them with two wins yeah it was I think I think we, we certainly need to go and beat Maribor we need to turn them over I think just for we need to score some goals we need to keep do you think he might go strong then I, I, I wonder he, how strong he'll go I actually. think he I might think do he might. Might. it's not I really think, a league cup side this no and and which I think we need to win. Yeah, we right. need to win at some point in the Champions League. We need to win if we're going to go through. So I think he might go stronger than what we suspect. Um, with the view that there's enough time probably to do to give them a couple of recovery days and then do a couple of sessions before Tottenham and then have a week off. If you beat Maribor away, it's not as good as qualifies you, but it puts you in a very very strong position in that group mm. now, from, at, that, at that point your rivals for second place let's just give Sevilla first for argument's sake your rivals for second place Spartak have already got a draw in the bank with Maribor and who've got to come to Anfield if we've gone on one in Maribor those two have got an uphill battle to finish ahead of us at that stage. So I think you, you, you're kind of you're not putting the Champions League to bed but you're taking the pressure out of it and you've got some recovery time I'd make. I think he might make one change in the three in midfield. Milner will come in for one of those lads. I wouldn't like. Chan is the one most injury vulnerable, so it could well be him. And he'll make one change in the front three. And I think, do you know, I think it could. I think it could well be such Chamberlain for Salah, and he'll let Coutinho and Firmino go again. I don't know. With a view to some uh, pre-planned substitution, I actually wouldn't be surprised if he didn't make too many changes. I would like changes only from the perspective of. I'm th- I'm looking at it and I'm thinking Sadio's gone and Adam's gone and I just cannot contemplate losing Phil or Salah or Firmino or even one of the midfield three. Not because I think that that, that performance as well was 
you know, if we're talking about um, keeping the the rear guard because of the way they played, that the midfield three did so well. Do you want to then then you asking yourself, should we build on that and keep that the same as well? So, but I, I think I'm probably thinking long too much longer term and too much with with a view of another setback. Another big setback is 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 going to be so detrimental that I'd like to see some changes, but I actually wouldn't be surprised if he did keep it. Because like you guys say, there's enough time till the Spurs game and then there is a week break before Plus, we need to win. We need to win yeah. again. I think, I think Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain has to start a match for Liverpool one day soon. Yeah. I think, you know, he's what is he? Virtually our equal second highest record signing ever. He's an important buy. We've given him. We haven't even given him virtually half hour substitute cameos because he starts against Leicester, doesn't he? But mm. that, but that in the League Cup. But that aside, this is this is he's the one definite change I'd put down. Put him in yeah. that front three, and I'd probably rest Salah because it's because they're a like for like in that position. Okay. Uh, other thing, very very quick before we all disappear off is the the nature of the point yesterday. It not being all three. Uh, but then, Rob, in the context of what's happening, what happened across the rest of the league, uh, Chelsea uh, defeated at Crystal Palace, Arsenal defeated at Watford, um, Spurs got themselves the tidy win, Manchester City 7-2, currently looking ridiculously terrifying. Uh, everybody who they come up against at the minute, they're looking, they're looking like they're going to absolutely steam, I mm. think, uh, the, the the poorer sides, and then they were, they were very good at Chelsea. But again, the value of that point in the context of the, the wider aim for the season, which is to, to challenge at the very top end of the league and that, yeah. you know, you can see here that there's of, you know, Chelsea and Arsenal and arguably Manchester United haven't seen them up close yesterday. There's not a lot to be scared of, but now we do need to start picking up. We need to be better against the bottom 10, bottom 13 than we were last season. Yeah, I've been, I've been looking at the points in, in detail. Uh, the target for me always is is that we want to be around on on target for the 75, 76 point mark with the with the option of a bit of a, with a run at some stage giving us something to dream about that's mad. But the, the main the main target for the season is to, is to is to is comfortable Champions League qualification. That means you have to pick up certain points in certain types of fixtures. And, and looking at these opening eight, we've had a tough opening eight here. The only the only bankers, the only games where you go, you've got to get three points there have been Burnley and Palace own. There'll be no bankers away from home yet. And we've certainly had some very, very tough games in Arsenal, City and United. That's three biggies out of eight. We've got 13 points on the board. Um, if you a 76-point trajectory is two points a game. But if you're looking at the, the hardness of the fixtures... If we'd had if we'd had fifteen at this stage, I'd have gone. That's a solid start to the season. It's a perfectly respectable start to the season. Now, considering we've had we've had you know we had the Coutinho issue at the beginning, we've lost players through injuries, we've had some setbacks here. No one should be crying over over thirteen points so far. Of course, we've got to improve from it. We've only lost the one game so far. But as you said yesterday, Neil, other pe- other teams around us are accident prone. Arsenal are showing that. Well, we've got to worry about them until we get our own game together fully. Chelsea, they may have an. They lose two of their best three players yesterday, and they lose. Well, that could be a pattern for them this season. It didn't happen to them last season. United showed to me that the, the, the script that they're going to challenge for the title isn't one we should be writing just yet. Spurs, I don't know. They've looked they've looked poor at home. And Okay, they get three more points and they extend a lead on us yesterday, and everyone will go and look at Spurs. It's only Bournemouth at home they do that against. Let's see when we get that fixture and they have to play United. It's... it's for me, Mel, and I, again, it really interests with the way the managers manage the season. You just said you think that you personally may be thinking a little bit too long term. But I, 
the more I look at what's gone on so far this season for Liverpool, the decisions the manager makes, the style of football Liverpool are playing, the stuff that's backed up with the statistical stuff that came out a couple of weeks ago around how much more Liverpool, how much less Liverpool are closing down. It just looks to me as though just in the in the manager's mind, I I think he's got a. I think he thinks we need to come with a run deep into autumn. I think he thinks we've got to we've got, we've got to put a run of good performances together at the time when we began to find it a little bit tricky last season. I think it's somewhere in his mind he's thinking we need to we need to pretty much, and I think that also informs yesterday's game. He's thinking I want to be unbeaten till Christmas here, and we can be. And I think that he's thinking if we are unbeaten till Christmas, then we will be sitting in the top four. And I think that's what's going through his head. But it's one thing saying that, it's another thing doing it. And Liverpool yeah. now do need to be putting points on the board yeah. pretty soon, otherwise it can still get away. Yeah, in his um, in the match day programme notes, he said um, performances have been really good, but you know people can only... He, you'll end up being frustrated and there's only a certain point you can take the frustration off delivering good performances without getting the the result to to match it. And I think he's correct in saying that the performances and the results haven't been equal. Because if we're looking at this period Liverpool have been through, you cannot say they didn't deserve to win any of those games or that they didn't create enough to win any of those games. And even, you know, just... Even with the the defensive mistakes, where it's it's annoying because Liverpool takes so much effort to create all these chances and to play that really good football, and then the opposition require minimum fuss to to get the goal at the other end, um, and it is incredibly annoying. But even with that, Liverpool are creating so much, and you know we talk about these these deep defending sides that Liverpool had an issue with last season, and I think last season the they weren't creating enough quality chances against them. They, they struggled with that. And I think there has been an improvement this time around. And I think if Liverpool work on this balance that they showed yesterday better, even when they're so vastly more dominant than the opposition, because that will help again, you know, help avoiding those situations where you're giving off those, those really easy chances. I think Liverpool will be solid and sound moving forward because it's just it's only the win that hasn't come everything else is there I think so far that we've seen even without Lalana, even without Mane now without Klein it's been it's not the best start it's not it's definitely not they would have what they would have wanted they would have wanted more 100% they would have definitely thought they would have had more by now and I think with the performances, they feel that they should have had more by now. But I, I do think there's a... I, I agree with you, Neil. I think he's he's he learns and he would have learned from last season and he would have taken everything on board and thought about how he could better manage that this time around. But also, you know, when we talk about the approach and, and the drop-off in pressing and stuff... I think we can't ignore the fact that Lalana's out and Lalana is your presser in chief, basically. It, it, and you know, people will say, "Oh, you shouldn't rely on one player uh, to do it." And he, it's not a reliance on one player; it's one player who's really, very, very, very good at it. Just like how Kevin De Bruyne is really, very, very, very good at through balls. And if you took it up, took him out of City's team, their through ball numbers would drop. And their, you know, chance creation would drop because he is very good at that. 
Um, and the fact that Salah is still actually learning the defensive side yeah. to Liverpool's attacking play. Um, and Sadio switched over and Sadio as well learning how to defend on that side, you know, what's required from that position. Um, so I, I don't think that's so much by design. I think it's happened as a consequence of everything else that's on, happened. On just to be, uh, bring us to the end there, Ben, I, the more and more I think about this, the, the, the season, the way in which it's, it's shaping up from a Liverpool point of view, I think we're sort of defined by when, if, how long and how many good runs we get on. That if we can, you know, last season, Chelsea, for instance, and it's, it's worth remembering, when Rob talks about Chelsea and their injuries at the minute, I actually think one of the th- things to remember with Chelsea last season is to win 13 consecutive games, it's just it's just playing freakish in yeah. terms of the way football matches work and look. That you never A good run over 13 games is played 13, won 10, drawn 2, lost 1. And that's a great run. You know what I mean? That's 32 points from 39, that's fab. So in my head, you can almost just knock seven off last season's Chelsea total and say, well, at some point you revert to the, towards the mean. My thing is that we need to get on our good run soon. We've got to hope that yesterday, by not losing, was the first game of that good run, that we're having a conversation in six, seven, eight weeks' time saying Liverpool have been unbeaten for eight weeks and they've got this many wins in that period. And that's, I think that's what defines this season, is when we can get on our good run before Christmas, how good it is and where the table looks when we come off that good run. I think I think that the thing he's learned, he will have learned from last year because we just ran out of puff for that really crucial period where we where you've got games every week, we... we we were knackered, and I think, I think it's interesting this season. There's a ridiculous amount of points available over a, a, f- a sixth of the t- of the of the league table in about three weeks or something. You know, yeah, no, the nineteenth of November to the first of January, we play eleven. We play eleven league games and two Champions League. It's games. almost like you want to be. It's almost like you want to peak. Then they've had a, they've had a conversation where they've thought, okay, here's the challenges that are in front of us. We want to be in this position. We've got people still learning the roles, so let's try and be. Let's try and win the games. Let's try and win all our games, but let's make sure that when we need to play every week and we've got 11 games in two weeks or whatever it is, we need to be on top form and we need to have everybody geared up to be able to be on top form in that moment because there's literally more points to play for. Do you know what I mean? In that, in that exact period, there's more points to play for. So if you're hitting your stride, then you know you can, you can suddenly find yourself getting up the table very quickly if you if, if you throw if you throw one of them runs in that you've just said before you start having a look you get all your breaks you're settled you've got a bit of defensive solidity about you all of a sudden then you go from having a decent start so hang on look at Liverpool look at Liverpool now here yeah? coming into January in a position now where, where if things go our way we can bat on here we can drive and we can have that you know let's look for 76 points and if we're able let's get another 10 and then see what's what um, so it'd be interesting to see how it plays out by the very nature of the league as well, you know that those above you will also have their difficult periods just because it is, you know, it is a very, very difficult league and there will be junctures like Chelsea and Arsenal found out yesterday. You won't always have things your own way. And even City, I think they've looked absolutely superb. Um, and obviously it's... I don't think they've not been, they've not allowed themselves to be tested defensively because they're so brilliant offensively that basically what Liverpool want to do, where your, your, you know, offensive play is your defense. But there will come a time where, you know, they will be tested. They're massively outperforming their expected goals at the moment, I think. I think even United were. Um, And 
there will be some normalcy. I mean, City started blindingly well last season and the one before as well. I mean, last season, after se- after seven games, Chelsea were nowhere, City were City were on top. So things change quickly. And I do think there is an element of, you know, we talk about game management, but this is also season management from him. Okay, uh, what's about expected goals another time? Uh, I, th- I think City are outperforming their expected goals, not because they've got lads who are great at scoring goals, but that's a separate conversation. Thank you very much indeed uh, to Melissa Reddy, to Ben Johnson, and to Rob Gutman. It's been the Anfield Wrap this week. You want more of this sort of thing? You have got to play the Anfieldwrap.com forward slash subscribe. European preview show, review show after every single game indeed. Looking ahead to weekends, everything you can want as a Liverpool supporter. We'll see you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.